Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. I am your host, Elliot Sill, joined by my brothers. Uh, we're all Sill brothers. Uh, I'm the professor. This is Peter the Black Mountain and Andrew the Legend. We're here. We are all here. Indeed. Indeed, guys. That was great. Just like we were here. Sticking up your rhythm. Yeah. My brothers here are a little bit jealous that they weren't on this week's previous episode of the Packer Force podcast, which I recorded individually because I secretly hate them. Yeah. So. Yeah, we can tell. We listened to it. That's secret. Yeah, you guys didn't give me much feedback on that. Yeah, that's why that brings us to a segment I like to call notes. We're going to start this <laughs> podcast out with a segment called notes. Where I don't, we give you a little bit of feedback. I don't think I'm that'll give you one negative and one and then one or I'm going to give you one positive and then one negative. Okay. That's I, how we'll do it. We'll I, balance I, it out. I don't know if that'll play well. I got one for you. So pro, good job. Nice, nice job. I, I listened to it. Negative. Why didn't you call? <laughs> uh because it was like 10 in the morning and i figured like we're sleeping yeah <laughs> you usually are sleeping yeah andrew would you second that negative there i would second your neg <laughs> careful right. careful all there right. <laughs> all right andrew do you have any notes uh i like that you said my name that was good like this time or in the previous one in the previous one. Okay, okay, okay. You brought me up, and I was like, oh, I'm paying attention for a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good, though. It was smooth. Uh, it was real nice. Flowed well. You did a good job. And since you were so eloquent and spelled it all out, we get to just fuck around on this one. So get ready for this shit show. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Guys, what do you think if we did that? Another pro and con here. Hold on. What do you? What would you think? Barry defense to chemotherapy and shouting out to cancer survivors. That was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that bit was pretty funny. It was. Um, It was funny. It was the funniest part. It was like the one thing that was like. That's funny. That's that was solid. That was that was really funny. It, not not serious. It was a joke. And then my con is that I heard you use stats, and that is not what we do on this podcast. I didn't use that many stats. I know, but you use some stats. Or stats? It was some stats about Joe Barry's defense. I'm not going to go back through and listen to what your stats were. Okay, that's that fine. Okay. Yeah, I have very good stats about Joe Barry's defense. Did you know that Joe Barry's defense, while it ranks 10th in scoring in the league, it's 10th <laughs> fewest points giving up, that number shifts to 22nd when you change it to points per possession, which I don't know why we don't measure a defense's worth on how many points they give up per possession as to post, as opposed to total points because you see possession is a zero sum game so if you just let the team have the ball for the entire game then yeah they're not going to score cuz they only need they only had two possessions they took 28 minutes each and then you got the ball yeah so this points could, per possession this, they're this 22nd right now 25th in some other things third down percentage they were 29th Oh my 29th. God, so no, 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 bored. listen. No, listen. 29th in the league 
in percentage of drives that end in the red zone. So you want to tell me they're a top 10 defense when only three other defenses in the world of the NFL allow a higher percentage of their opponent's drives to reach the red zone. Who is trying to tell you they're a top 10 defense? Ryan Wood. They're 10th in scoring total points allowed. They're 10th. Is Ryan Wood is still going? He's still still doing that. He's Ryan Wood is still doing that. Actually, weekly segment on our podcast is Ryan Wood still doing that. Yes, he had a tweet this week that was like, Jordan Love is really good. He's the quarterback of the future. And it's like, no shit, you asshole. (laughs) Everyone else knew this in fucking September. And you were like, I don't know. Well, maybe he was just saying it. He was like, okay, guys, it's a consensus. I, as the dumbest one of all of us, finally agree that Jordan Love is good. Yeah. Ryan Woods is probably smarter than me. Hey, I got a question for you. So what is Joe Barry's defense's DVOA? And then two, what is DVOA? Um, Defense versus offense adjusted. Fuck you, Andrew. Fuck you, you traitor. Dude, I've been on that shit. Defense versus offense adjusted. So is the points per possession. That feels like kind of like a midway between. Like, it seems like that stat was starting to get to DVOA. I don't know what actually goes into DVOA. What goes into DVOA? I just know people are way too into it as a stat. They're very into it. And it's like, I don't know if it's even helpful. Yeah. I really just, the most important thing to me is just feeling the soul. Just being vibrating with the men out there on the field. I think stats are only like stats are a reflection of what happens. They're a reflection of what you see. Um, mm-hmm. And some like, yes, there are certain times when it's like, well, actually, the stats subvert the logic a little bit. Like, oh, you know, it's a lot, basically, it's like going for two points when you're down 14 right the stats show that that's a smarter play to win the game Mm -hmm. um and logic tells you like to to be conservative or whatever uh but i think like yeah metrics in football are weird in general it's really hard because there's so many i i i like hop back and forth between football and basketball in my in my sports fandom and uh yeah, basketball stats are really straightforward. Like it's like points per possession. Like mm-hmm. that's your rating on offense. And, and, and you know, they they've in basketball. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But mm-hmm. uh, football stats are a lot more amorphous. I've I've noticed, and it makes dialogue harder about through statistics. But that's why I like our dialogue. Just talking about. You know, because we're not we're not wrong. We're not wrong. Just because we don't have a metric to back up every single number. We might be wrong, mm-hmm. but we're not wrong due to the absence of a metric. Yeah. Right? It's you yeah. know, we are here for this team. If we don't know this team, then then 
it's not our fault. We're watching every single game. We're watching every single play, living and dying on every single play. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I, I like stats. I understand stats. Mm-hmm. Um, my previous comments on DVA, DVOA, notwithstanding, but I just, I can watch football and I know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Or, all about the fucking eye test here, guys. That's that's fair. I mean, when I was younger, I was much more into stats. Like that that was part of how I followed sports was waking up in the morning and reading the stats in the newspaper. Oh yeah, you know, going through and seeing like oh who you know who has the most passing yards and and all that. And I think those stats are really they're super fun to get into, but they are simplistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, first of all, Aaron Aaron Rodgers stats there were years where it didn't tell how great he was like 2000, 2011, for instance, like he didn't have as many uh, yards as Matt Stafford or Drew Brees or anything like that. But yes, he had the quarterback rating. So like there were, there were things that it didn't tell how great he was. And then there were like his stats would be bonkers, but you still felt like he was lacking in that spiritual department somewhere mm. in that in that, he wasn't playing with in courage the, in, yes in the in the intangibles and so um that's the part that i love uh, the most about this game is feeling the momentum shifts and feeling the game out feeling you know when a team there's just certain moments that you can feel when it, when the game is taken over. And that I don't think that's encapsulated in stats. That's just seen – you see it plain as day on the television or on the field. I feel a lot more well-informed when I fucking pay attention. Yes. Yeah. Than when I, like, look up a, a shitload of stats. I'm and they, they're, not, they're, not, they're not mutually exclusive, but – you make you start making statistical arguments. It I think the disease of confirming your priors is is rampant right now sure. in in sports media. It's all about like, you know, there's this belief among podcasters, bloggers, and reporters or, you know, whatever, wannabe Stephen A. Smiths, that if you are right enough, you will go you will get rewarded for that. And um so you can never be wrong. You always have to prove why you're right. And if you are wrong, there has to be some like external kind of confusion uh, or some outside factor or, you know, you have to be able to succinctly identify what it was that made you wrong. Sometimes you can just be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Ross, okay. Ross Uglum. Yeah. Great Packer follow. Put out a two minute, 19 second video tonight. I was wrong about Jordan Love. Yes, sir. You were. Um, great. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Let's move forward. Jordan Love's awesome. Um, speaking of Jordan Love being awesome, speaking of my wonderful solo podcast from earlier in the week. Which I did enjoy. I really enjoyed it. was the perfect size for my workout that day. And Yeah, and you told me, me that. I figured. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't make me doubt myself, bitch. Mm-hmm. I am a bitch. I'm a little bitch. You're a little bitch. Oh my god. All right. call you little bitch minutes talking about whether or not stats mattered. So it was better than this shit. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? What did you guys think? Well, what was your experience like 
watching this Packers team clinch its first playoff season under Jordan Love Legend. I want to hear from you first. Man, um, blissful. The team exceeded my greatest expectations. Admittedly, I had a low bar on expectations, but that's led me to bliss. So, worked out for me. I would advise everybody to have low expectations. That shit is awesome. It was really cool. Um, I don't need this playoff game. We did everything I wanted to do in this season. Like, we've said it before. We play with house money, house money, whatever. This is free fucking football. We're in a place we don't even need to be or deserve to be. But here we are playing with house money. To me, it's just all fucking free football from here. Yes, but when you play with house money, you can still win a lot of money. You sure can. And then you can still feel shitty when you lose that money. Eh, I don't think I'm going to feel shitty regardless of what happens. Be careful. This team could go to the Super Bowl and lose. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm not saying that as like a basis of they they look like they're poised to go beat Dallas, beat San Fran, and beat whoever else. But just saying like, that's within the realm of possibility. They could go to the Super Bowl and lose. And that would be sad, right? Yeah. Because it would have been so fun to that point. And then. No, that still would have just been awesome. Fair enough. It's different when you're last couple years teams and you've got Aaron Rodgers and everything's about legacy and how important this is for windows closing and all that shit. Yeah. This is the first year of a new frontier. If we get to the Super Bowl, who cares if we get creamed in the fucking Super Bowl? We got to the Super Bowl on Love's first fucking year. That would still be crazy awesome. No fucking notes. <laughs> Wouldn't have a bad thing to say about it. For sure, for sure. Uh we keep saying that though. <laughs> so let's we'll see how how that changes over time. Uh but no, you're you've been consistent. You're you you want to lose this playoff game. Um <laughs> just kidding. But I do want to back off the future. I want to back off the future. I want to pull you back to the past. So the that that Bears game and where that Bears team was at coming into the game and how it felt like that might get a little dicey. And then it was pretty dicey. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the most satisfying win of this season to you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we said it about the Bears, and you say this about teams that don't have playoff hopes. But to me, that game was our Super Bowl as well. Mm. Like that game that sealed this season as an ultimate victory for me. Beating the Bears twice, opening, closing against the Bears. Jordan Love outperforming Justin Fields. This fucking cat, dude, just comes in here. Quiet agrees. Shouts. I want to talk too. It was um, great. It was fantastic. It was everything I hoped for from this season wrapped up with a bow. 
I loved it. Not many things I could love more. So, Black Mountain, what impressed you the most about this win? What impressed me most most about this win? Yeah. Is that the same question that you asked before? To Andrew, no. Yeah. No, I I changed it up because I figured, like, what were you going to say that was really original at this point? Oh, I got plenty of things to say that are original. Like, what impressed you the most? <laughs> that wasn't it. You're, I had a whole idea. Okay. Okay, what impressed me the most is that the mistakes you mentioned it on on your podcast on your solo uh, fake podcasts that the mistakes just never caught up to us. Mm. Whereas this has felt like a team in the past where if we don't have a commanding lead, if you know if we're up by uh, seventeen points, third quarter, fourth quarter. Then you like the mistakes start to come and you're like, oh, that's fine. We'll be all right. We will survive this. That mistakes kept coming and we kept moving and marching towards the goal. Mm -hmm. We were undeterred by the little mistakes, by the missed field goal, by uh, going out of bounds at the end of the half. I felt like we came back. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, when Andrew said like, this is a must, we must score a touchdown on this drive for the first drive of the third quarter. I was kind of like, we don't really do that. Like we don't, that's not like our jam is to like, Oh, we made a mistake and we're going to overcome it immediately. Um, So I was like skeptical on that, that, call the shot you called of saying like this is a must score drive and it i don't know if it was must score but they did score you love like dominant in the league in third quarters third and fourth quarters second half jordan love yeah it's it's a real thing third quarter it's a real thing man and then uh the thing that i call on the final play, when we got the ball back with six minutes and 22 seconds, for years I have wanted Aaron to just go out and run a fucking four-minute offense and just win the game. Just make a few throws and do what you have to do. You've been doing it all day. Just one more drive. Just one more drive. That's all you need. And there was a different feeling this time. I saw we got the ball with six minutes and 22 seconds. We had a team. I This was not an expectation that I put on Jordan Love all year, but it was like, okay, in this moment, you need to have it. Go win the game. And I just felt like, okay, new team, new idea. We're going to do this. And so I texted everyone I know. I said, go out, win the fucking game, because that's what you can do right now. Meaning like run out the clock. Like run out the clock. Take this six-minute drive. Not like let's get a touchdown to increase our lead to two scores. But like, just end end it. Just end it. Yeah. Just just take the rest of the clock off of the, off of this game. Rogers never did that. Like I I I I want to like research that and find how many times did Rogers get the ball inside of seven minutes with a one possession lead and like finish the game. Right. Because uh, I don't think it ever happened. And you you think about this was baked into his successes because our Super Bowl run was three out of four playoff games ending with the offense not being able to shut it all the way down mm-hmm. and the defense having to make a stop on yes. the last drive of the game. Yes. The Eagles game, the Bears game, and the Steelers game being the Super Bowl. Yes. That is what happened. Yeah. 
And so for, it was like for his whole career, that was how it was. It was yeah. always the defense. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the quote from Greg Jennings in the like America's game Super Bowl is like when he's in the Super Bowl, it's like, I love our defense. I hate doing this to them though. Uh-huh. Like every single game was like this. And, and yeah. So seeing Jordan love pull that out was it's a new era. And that it's was a new era. Listen, listen that was black. Mm-hmm. Was, there was something in the air. And I was just thinking, like I, I was thinking earlier that, you know, that Super Bowl year, there was, there was an energy that I was feeling that I was like this, this team, and me are the same with the path in life that we are going, we are going on it together. Yeah. And I was like, I want to thank whoever right now is out there going on this emotional journey. Like there is someone out there. I feel like that they, their emotion and this team are the same. Just wielding this storm, wielding this. And they <laughs> realize that's what the black mountain is. This, this team is us. Like, I, I really do think that there is this new wind blowing through Packer fandom, through the Black Mountain, and that is the sigh of relief that Aaron Rodgers is gone, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's like, no, you have to appreciate what Aaron Rodgers was, and we did. So I, we all did the best that we could to appreciate that. But really, there was something that was missing there. There was something that was missing there. Something that was hollow about it. Something that was hollow about it. And there has just been something that's felt so Packery. It's not Aaron Rodgers in the Packers, which is what it was. That was that was an era that we went through. It was like we Aaron Rodgers was like, I'm gonna put this team on my back. Oh my back. <laughs> One thing I will have to say that I do not miss at all is that Aaron Rodgers' hesitancy. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that Rodgers taking his drop back and eating a sack because Over he doesn't the- trust the guy. He doesn't think the play was open enough. He doesn't feel safe or comfortable. So instead, he throws it out of bounds or he gets a fucking sack that we didn't need on third and seven because he Two. doesn't want to throw the interception. To be fair, that did not used to be Aaron Rodgers' problem. Like, I saw that Zach Jacobson had a tweet today that was like, remember 2009 to 2011 when Aaron was completely in rhythm all the time and was like always throwing at the back of his drop. And those were his best years. And he just stopped doing that. He just stopped being willing to play that way. He wanted to be smarter than the game. Yeah, he got cowardly. It was like cowardly via arrogance. Like he was like so arrogant, he became cowardly. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but speaking of arrogance, Bears fans mm-hmm. are getting hyped for another offseason of arrogance for them. They are ready to, to turn this shit around. Um, I do want to touch briefly before we get to this Cowboys nitty gritty. Uh, the Bears have an off-season conundrum on their hands. They decided today to fire Luke Getze and keep Matt Eberflus. Do you agree with that set of decisions? Listen, if, if I am a Bears fan, 
for first of all, as me, as me, as someone who is like, I pity the Bears in a way, and I want this rivalry to be great. I will always love beating the Bears. Mm-hmm. I loved it most this last week because that was a competitive game. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. I want to see that game again. Uh-huh. I want to see Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. I want to see them grow together. I want to see more of that. And it, it's kind of crazy because I felt like Luke Getze was really starting to show growth throughout the year. Uh-huh. You know, it, it seemed like he was starting to put together and maybe, you know, that wasn't all his choice. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened there. Um, you know, I guess it's hard. There was too much calling for some sort of change. And I think, honestly, that's like, that's the trauma of the Bears. It's like, blow it all up. This isn't working. Yeah. We have to try, we have to find something new. If I was in charge of the Bears, I would try to keep it steady. The thing is they've always they've also tried keeping steady at times too. Like they've they've done it before where they've gone a year too long with these guys. Um so their trauma that's like part of the trauma is like well, we can't we can't stay steady because we're committing to mediocrity. Well, I think so I think they're they're doing the 3 year thing. To me it seems then that they might have a smooth transition for Luke Getzey. Because oh, cool. all the other parts are being kept the same. They're trying to Oh, smoothly... and to replace Luke Getzey. Right. Because like if you're going to keep Justin Fields, you don't want to like set him up for failure by bringing in an entirely new system. Well, that's the next question. Should they keep Justin Fields? I hear you saying you want them to as a Packers fan. Yeah. Andrew, as a Bears fan, since you are the closest thing here to a Bears fan, sure. because you like Illinoisans more than we do, do you think they should take the top dog quarterback, or do you think that they should stick with Justin Fields build around him? I think they're setting themselves up for failure by keeping Eberflus. And then I think they're going to take Caleb Williams. And I think Eberflus is going to be there for the first year or two of Caleb Williams, just long enough to fuck up his initial development in the league. And then things are going to go bad, and then they're going to fire Eberflus, and then Caleb Williams is going to have to adjust to a new coach and a new system. And it's going to perpetuate more quarterback failure. I think they should fire Eberflus and keep Justin Fields and build a system around Justin Fields with a dynamic offense full of incredible weapons that they get from this draft hall. But I don't think they will. I think they'll be real tempted to take the young guy and his mother. <laughs> and let that be the first piece of shit talk that the Packer Force podcast put forth to the Caleb Williams Chicago Bears. This is the first time in a long time that the Bears have a quarterback that they could regret getting rid of. 
I think if they get rid of Justin Fields, he's going to go someplace and he's going to make them regret. It. He's going to make them pay. The dude's talented. I agree. Um, I what I've said about this is, no matter what, they're going to choose wrong. That's just the Bears. That no, if they keep Fields, they're fucked. If they keep, if they take Williams, they're fucked. And I think the point about Eberflus is is really true because. I mean, it's set up to play out just like you said, a couple years of really struggling because Ibraflus's team could reasonably regress. I mean, going from Justin Fields and Luke Getze to uh, Caleb Williams and whoever. He's a defensive head coach, and you're going to task him with developing a quarterback. Right, or you're going to hire an offensive coordinator that you don't know you, you don't know how that's going to pan out. Last time you tried that with Luke Getze, that's who you landed on and you were like, "Well, this guy's a fucking piece of shit." That might happen again, guys. Mm-hmm. It yeah. it felt like they were starting to become substantial at the sec in the second half of the season mm-hmm. and they really should have just tried to keep that momentum going. Yeah, what did they- you you could have flipped the number 1 pick the way that you did last year. That was not a bad trade. Like, yes, you passed on CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, but like that was they weren't Bryce Young went first. So Carolina did too, okay? So that we learned very quickly that Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud were the top of the QB class. But we didn't know it at the time of the draft. You could make another trade with someone, pick up another super helpful player, which DJ Moore was. He was fifth in yards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, receiving. Super helpful player. You can pick up a super helpful player, still get generally who you want in the draft. You could get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. You can trade for the pick to get Marvin Harrison Jr. So now you've got DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison Jr. for Justin Fields to throw to. You've got, you know, get some fucking offensive line help, please. Um, So that's no longer an excuse. And yeah, Yeah, and what scares you more? Justin Fields with a slate of explosive weapons and a dynamic offensive line or a retool with a new quarterback and a new system and a new fucking blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room for this Bears team to get, like, much better and not be better than the Packers. The Like – we're going to get better too, just because that's our personnel and we have great draft picks and we have, we have a young team. Uh, but like the team that we faced was a lot closer in week 18 to us than it was in week one. And if you made that week 18 team better, they'd probably be closer. Yeah. We won by one score. Yeah. They held us to 17. It wasn't a large gap. Yeah, they were they were in that game the entire time. Uh, our defense just played really well, aided by a bunch of Bears bullshit too. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, they're they're in trouble. Uh, for the record, I think they should stick with Fields and trade the top pick. 
You can get Pat Sertan. Oh, you could get Pat Sertan. Yeah. But the Broncos don't have – do the Broncos – they do have their pick this year. They do have a first round this year. I don't know what it is. What, See, like because I'm, I, yeah, I don't have to pay attention to the draft yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, because the Packers play the Cowboys on Sunday. Thank God they're not the Saturday Peacock game. Would you have oh, rather, God. would you have rather, listen, I got two votes when I ran this poll on Twitter, so let's get two more. Would you rather <laughs> nice miss the playoffs or be the Peacock game? It's not even close. I'd rather be the Peacock game and just be angry about it. I think I'd rather miss the playoffs. You're you're going to have to explain this. Well, you see, I don't have Peacock. Yeah. So I don't want to be on – I don't want the Packers to be on Peacock TV, so – I'd rather just like the season be over. Fuck it. Let's all go to bed. <laughs> if you're going to put the game on, everybody has to have a line NFL. You can't just be like this week's game is on with the purchase of a $130 Jersey. You can watch this game exclusive to. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, you like to have this the NFL game. and all their business decisions. Every NFL game should be free to watch. They make billions off ad revenue. I don't know why they are not just giving the games away free to be like, here, watch the ads. There's no fucking service that shows the games free of commercials. No matter where you're watching the game, you're getting fucking Coors Light. You're getting Miller Light. You're getting fucking Nintendo Switch ads. You're getting all that shit. How they are getting away with charging as much money as they do to make people watch things that are ad-supported is insane. It's bullshit. The NFL hates poor people. Fuck their business models. Now, the NFL loves poor people. It eats them for breakfast. It it's, um, distills them into a certain amount of income, actually. Uh, for themselves, so they love poor people. No, they don't love poor people. They feast on poor people. And they spit out our bones. Yeah. Because I'm a poor yes. people. See, this is why we need to get rich, so that we can not care about football. Taylor Swift never went to a football game, never saw her at a football game until she started dating a football player. She was so rich. She didn't need to care about football. Uh, it's just a stupid thing to care about. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> so how long did it take you basking in the afterglow of clinching the playoffs before you actually started thinking, fuck, we now have to, we play the cow. We got to beat the Cowboys now. I'm I'm kind of coming through to that. I'm not worried. That's the thing. And like I'm in between you and Andrew, I think. And Andrew, go ahead with your, your point and then I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that. Okay. Well, it took me until about 
a couple hours ago when I had to prep for this podcast and really formulate thoughts about the Cowboys going forward. And even then, it's like, eh, I don't know that I care that much if we win or lose. I'd love to win. I'd be ecstatic if we won. But losing is not going to hurt my feelings in the slightest. It would be an incredible feat to overcome the Cowboys in Dallas. Personally, I just think it was really nice of McCarthy, now that the season's over, to invite LaFleur down (laughs) to have a conversation about how great it is to live without fucking Aaron Rodgers anymore. (laughs) Hey, come out to my ranch. Everyone in Texas has a ranch. (laughs) Yeah. Look at all those basements. Did you guys uh, dip your toes into the Rodgers Kimmel? Oh, let's not talk about that. Okay. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Why not? I spent way more time thinking about that than I want to in a playoff week. Yeah, I was listening to Wildy and Tausch, and they were like, people don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. <laughs> and then they talked about Aaron Rodgers for 15 <laughs> minutes, and I spent like 10 minutes fast-forwarding through it just trying to get to the next segment. Mm-hmm. They kept not be getting yeah, there. Yeah. He and sucks up. This is what I my, – my four-year-old – I I had to explain Aaron Rodgers to him because he's like a huge Packers fan. And I was like, he caught me saying like, Aaron Rodgers sucks. He's like, what do you mean Aaron Rodgers sucks? And I was like, he, he sucks up things. (laughs) And so that's how we talk about Aaron Rodgers now is Aaron Rodgers sucks up things. Like he was a Packer and he sucked up all the, the Packers energy and there wasn't any energy left for the Packers. And this is what it is. he, he sucks up airtime. He sucks up conversation. He sucks up brain capacity. I made the joke earlier this week on Twitter, which you can follow my Twitter account at Packer Force. Brian Gudikins got rid of Aaron Rodgers and suddenly found he had a whole half a brain lobe to work with that was no longer <laughs> occupied by Aaron Rodgers, so he had the best draft of his life. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> like, I, really, I wonder how much of Matt LaFleur's coaching, how much he has to get over the relationship that he had to build with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, think about the first half of the year. He spent the whole first half trying to be as risk averse as possible because that's what Aaron Rodgers did. That was Aaron Rodgers' whole philosophy. And so he was not ready to let Jordan Love just fling it. There was a standard that Jordan Love probably had to meet, which was the perfect Aaron Rodgers standard. You know, I don't, there's nothing that I know of that to be actually true, but it feels right. <laughs> but it feels right. I mean, there's, you don't have a stat that proves that. Yeah. There's not going to be any pattern or stat that proves like Matt LaFleur's attachment styles with Aaron Rodgers and how that affo- affected his coaching. But, I I think about it. Of course. And I mean, going back to your talking about Wildy and Tausch. Yeah. Wildy had a weekly show with Rogers. 
Yeah. He's got to feel so weird about everything because during that show, back in those days, yeah, Roger still was presenting as wholesome. Yeah. Wildy is probably the most wholesome son of a bitch that I know in sports talk. Right. Hey, don't call him a son of a bitch. He'll get sad. <laughs> you know what? I don't want him to be sad because he seems like a really nice dude. He's just a good father who doesn't swear in front of his kids. He wears okay, well, now you just made him cry. Socks with Birkenstock sandals. He's just a really friendly guy. And to see somebody that he believed in and he really cared about just shit on everything that he believes has to affect him quite a bit. He He's had a lot to say about it. Um, he said, yeah. you know, he was talking with someone a few days ago and it's like, you know, this guy hit it right on the head. You're getting to the point where you have to explain to people why you're friends with Aaron Rodgers. You have to explain your friendship. And, you know, I saw all the stuff that he said. I watched McAfee. He does have a really complicated relationship. He said, I watched McAfee and, you know, I sent him a text because something doesn't seem right. And it seems like he's just in a bad place. And I just sent him a text saying, Hey, if you ever want to talk, I'm here. He probably <laughs> won't take me up on it, but yeah, that's, that's what he had to say about it. He really does have a conflicted because there, yeah, he loved the honesty that Aaron Rodgers showed. They, they seemed like they were pretty close. And then there was the thing where, you know, the, the vaccination status while his wife had cancer. And so he was really upset at Aaron Rodgers for being disingenuous about that. And really it came from his protection of his wife. And yeah, since then, I mean, yeah, it's a very strange relationship. And, you know, he talks about, he wants to, he'd love to have a sit down conversation with Aaron Rodgers, but it's probably not possible at this point. No, oh, yeah. Aaron's beyond that in his super retro grunge phase. Toxic Avenger Aaron fucking Rodgers. I'll see your 10 minutes of Aaron Rodgers talk and raise <laughs> you 10 minutes of Jason Wildey talk. <laughs> no, yeah. Rodgers is shrugging so, and laughing about Wildey. <laughs> that you fucking Birkenstock wearing fucking he doesn't get it. Establishment, Jason Wildy. No, exactly. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. From the bottom to the top of my soul. Yeah. He sucks up things. Hey, I would love to get back to the question about Dallas. Like, how? Yeah. So, I, after, it, it, yeah, that Kimmel Rogers thing blew up right as we're supposed to be getting excited for the Cowboys. That's right. how it happened. The Look, thing is, fans, we can think about a couple different things. That's true. That's true. That's true. But you know who doesn't have to think about this? The Packers. Jordan Lee. They don't have to think about it at all. They are just like <laughs> under the radar, having their own good time, doing the whisper game. Yeah. Doing the whisper <laughs> Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. 
Jordan Love is getting MVP. Yeah, the slimiest I mean, fan. To me, MVP. I hearken back to thinking about Nickelodeon. Are we on Nickelodeon? I don't know if we're on Nickelodeon, but uh, no, I don't. Jordan Love that. got an award like Week 18. Nickelodeon valuable player, dude. If the Packers get a Nick, a a kid cast, which by the way was my idea. If we all remember, I had the idea for the kid cast like a month before they announced the first ever Nickelodeon broadcast. Yeah. And so, if the Packers ever get a kid cast, I'm DVRing that shit, and I'm going to go back and watch after. I will not watch the game that way. That's absurd and ridiculous, but I will watch it later. So I would love to answer this question about the... Yeah, so when? <laughs> was it Was it Tuesday? Well, it was... It was... I'm in the middle of it still. Okay. I'm happy with the season that we've had. And really, this energy that I feel is why I feel like we can take on the world. It's uh-huh. why I feel like we can beat the Cowboys. Because right now the Cowboys are struggling. They are they are overthinking this shit of how are they going to get out of their hole of not getting to the Super Bowl. How are they going to beat the 49ers? How That's what they're thinking they're, about. They are going to beat the 49ers. And we are just like, fucking happy. Yeah. And the thing is, is that this team, what they are is just infinite potential. Yeah. That's what I love most about this team is that they are pure growth. I have never seen this sort of in-season growth from a team, from an entire offense, right? From the from the quarterback and the receivers gelling together, all getting better at their craft. Like that's why why I want Jordan Love to keep playing is because I want him to have the reps. Because mm-hmm. I just want to see how much better he can actually get. Like, if he's on this trajectory, it's like he's going to take off to the fucking moon, dude. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers did. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers did. Wade Love just put up 27 of 32. 27 of 32, yes. Gorgeous. Someone said 25 of 32, and they're like, he was 25 of 32. And I was like, no, it was 27 of 32. <laughs> yeah, I saw that number. I was like 84.4% completion. Like, remember when that he was never going to be an accurate quarterback? Yep. That, that's <clears throat> Accuracy is not something that improves. That's what I thought. I didn't think that. I didn't think that for a second. You're throwing to people. You got to figure out those people before you can throw to them accurately. Uh, no stat for that, bitch. Can we just say the name Bo Melton? Bo regard, Ebenezer Melton. Bo fucking Melton. Bo time. I need, I need Bo Bo. Where'd that dude come from? Was he on our roster at the beginning of the year? Uh, I think he came from the UP. He was on somebody's team. He came from Rutgers. And I he he went somewhere his first year. He was I'm not going to pretend I'm looking this up live. It's fine. You don't need to know everything to do a podcast. It's just going to share some vulnerability with you. 
Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, no, this is his first action. This is... There's no way. He was born three weeks ago? <laughs> he was formed in a reactor outside of Mount Coral? <laughs> Rapper, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, he was in 2022. Okay. He was picked by Seattle. Seventh rounder to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, who did they... Who did they... Seattle has their own fucking plucky deep bench wide receiver that they all get behind. Um, he's irrelevant because Seattle missed the playoffs, but uh, I feel like that's all of our receivers. That's all of our receivers before this year. Uh-huh. Like for the last, that's like Equinemius St. Brown right. at all. Thank you. Um, Jake Bobo. So they, they ditched Bo and they got Bobo. <laughs> they moved on. They moved up a Bo. It's true. I told you it was plucky. That name, Jake Bobo. You don't think you can get pluckier than Bo Melton. Jake Bobo. Um, so, yeah, Bo Melton looks fucking great. Malik Heath. We have six receivers we can't get rid of. Yeah, like Malik Heath, he that dude loves losing his helmet. It's yeah. his favorite thing to do. He's done it three times at least this season. Once when he caught his only touchdown of the year. Yep, he went streaking. <laughs> Malik yeah. Heath, and that's your sixth yeah. guy. That's your sixth guy because Bo Melton is like awesome now. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. He had the one drop on fourth down against Minnesota. You see all these Someone, awesome receivers coming out in the draft, but like, do we have room for another one? Hell no. Who you cut. They're all upcoming fucking awesome. Yeah, your top four, you can't. You're keeping all four of those guys. Yeah. Watson, Dobbs, Reed, and Wicks. They're yeah. blocks. No question. Bo Melton, you're keeping. Bo Melton is a guy I could see. Like, there, he might be the odd guy out who's like, hey. New England wants to make me a second receiver, so I could see that kind of thing happening. Um, keep everyone. I want to see where they all go. Yeah, let's keep let's keep all six of them for like the next three years. We could do it. Yeah, let's just have the best friends in the NFL. <laughs> exactly, it's fun. They're great. It is fun. This team's so fun because they're all friends. Mm-hmm. They're all just really good friends. Um, coming up together. They are coming up together. The vibes on defense are no longer horrible. We've given up 19 points in the last two weeks. That's decent, right? Great. Joe Barry's defense didn't allow a touchdown to to the Bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one, one touchdown in the last eight quarters. You take it. Yeah, and that touchdown was on a turnover in – and your own oh, territory. Yeah, oh, yeah, muff punt. Yeah. Here's a complete aside. And Go for it. Reference. Is Jordan Love Goten? 
to where Brett Favre was Goku. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers. I was, I was thinking about that. I, I, I. Rodgers is Gohan. That, right? I haven't thought about this yet. You haven't thought that Brett Favre is Goku, Goku. Aaron Rodgers is Gohan. Yeah, it makes total sense. And yeah. then who is, I guess, Goten? Yeah. Goten, yeah. I didn't We're know just, Goten was a strong a enough random runner. training session. He's like, oh, can I be like you? And go Super Saiyan. Gohan's like, no, dude. It takes years and years to get to this level. That? And then he's just like, eh, but I can do it. Yeah. yeah I yeah, did yeah. it with mom a couple times. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally tracks. The thing is, is that Goten kind of just fucks off after that. Yeah, you can't pursue the analogy much farther than when he goes Super Saiyan and impresses the shit out of everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like. Then he has to fuse with trunks. Yeah. Who's trunks in the analogy? Yeah. That would be the follow up question. If he has to merge with somebody to contend with Boo, who's he merging with? So the Bears are going to get rid of Justin Fields <laughs> to the Packers. <laughs> You'll be our backup. You'll be our running back. <laughs> Who also throws. Matt LaFleur is going to get in the lab and come up with a one and a half quarterback system. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, this dude just stepped in and was like, yeah, I can do all this shit too. You yeah, know? As, as of right now. As of right now, absolutely. Yeah. Um Young Super Saiyan. Just no that. man. I I I want to go back to something you were talking about Peter yeah. with the energy and the feeling that we can take on the world. Mm-hmm. Because like between the Lions game, the Chiefs game, the fact that we haven't played anybody better than that. Mm-hmm. Like think about the best teams in the NFL. We have not played them. Yeah. We have not played the well, you know, the Niners, the, the, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Bills. The Cowboys. The Cowboys. Eagles. The Rams we played a husk of. Right, right. We haven't played anybody except for those two, like, pretty good three-seed teams. Yeah. And uh, those games weren't close. Like... We were winning them. The we won both those games wire to wire. Yeah, and so like that leaves room for being a little bit better than that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all this team has. That's that's what I'm saying. Is like we do just continue to improve. You just hope that there's not some sort of slump. If we don't, that's that's the thing. If we don't slump, we're gonna keep growing. And either way we go, it's gonna be we're going to go that way hard as fuck, right? We're either going to slump real hard or we're going to grow real hard. This, uh, that's, that's a nice five degrees little penis metaphor for everyone. We love to grow real hard. Um, Mike McCarthy's Cowboys have trafficked in ass whoopings all year long. They started out beating the Giants 40 to nothing. Then they won 30 to 10 over New York. Lost a weird one to Arizona. 
38 to 3 over New England. Okay? So those three wins were by a combined 108 to 13. Then they played San Francisco and what happened? They lost 42 to 10. Their next uh, loss was to Philly. That was close. After beating the shit out of Los Angeles, 43 to 20. Then New York, 49-17. Carolina, 33 to 10. Washington, 45 to 10. I can't believe you remember all of this. Yeah, it's all from memory. Seattle was a close one. Philadelphia, they beat in round two, 33 to 13. Ass whooping. Buffalo, loss. Ass whooping, 31 to 10. Close game against Miami, close game against Detroit, end the year with an ass whooping. So I'm trying to figure out if the Packers are going to whoop their ass or if the Packers are going to get their ass whooped because we haven't really faced a team like the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. How are they doing in close games? Close games, they are one, two, three, uh, four. Five, they're three and two in close games. Well, one games. I will say this: we are playing them at home. Yeah, yeah, and at home they have two close games, both of which they won. One by yep. six against the Seahawks, and by one against the Lions. But other, yeah, they haven't that, lost at home, but that's home for us too. So. So, but the, but that's not that's Aaron Rodgers' home. Yeah, that's, that's Mike McCarthy's home. That's but where that's where they made their home. They have wins and, of twenty points, 35, 23, 32, 35, 6, 20, and one. They might whoop our ass. They averaged a twenty-one and a half point victory at home. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, we could get the shit kicked out of them. Out of us. Yeah. But. Yeah, man. (laughs) Shrugs wildly. Dude, Dak Prescott. They only beat the Lions by one. Yeah, they only beat the Lions by one. Like, like, let's look. Let's actually look at this team in context. And that was their most recent home game. their, Their last four games. Okay, their last five games. Their last six games. They've got at Washington, they beat by 28. Washington wants to go home desperately. They are at home. They just want to go to sleep. I'm not putting <laughs> stock in that. Detroit, they beat by one point. When we played Detroit, we were better than that. Miami, Miami, they went on the road and lost to Miami. We could lose to Miami. I don't feel worse than a team that loses to Miami. Buffalo, same deal. They lost by 21 points. Whoa. That team played them straight up, and they just beat them. Philadelphia, 33-13. to 13. Now, that looked awesome at the time. Right. Philadelphia since then has been a train wreck. And when you chart Philadelphia's season, it totally hinged when they got blown out by San Francisco. They were doing great. They had that epic win over the Bills. Then they got the shit kicked out of them by San Francisco. The shit kicked out of them by Dallas. Lost to Seattle. Beat the Giants in a one-score game. Lost to Arizona. Lost to the Giants in Week 18. Like, yikes. The the team that the Cowboys blew out was a team we would blow out. 
And so you, you keep going back and you're like, well, you know, what is it? And this Cowboys team entered the year really ready to beat the shit out of bad teams. And that's what they did. They beat New York. They beat New York. They beat New England. They got that three and one start. They, they beat Los Angeles, but like, there's nothing, their record is better than ours, but there's nothing in the way that they've played and the teams that they've played in the way that they've played them. That makes me think we can't hang. Yeah. I also believe that the, yes, that the Cowboys are susceptible to a random slump. Oh yeah. And it's when the time is called for them to be great, that they just can't get there. Yeah. And we're not nothing. Yeah. We're something right now. We're something to, to deal with. Yep. Fucking scrappy. Fucking scrappy. Like really, I'm not I'm not afraid of anyone. In the past, it's been, yes, I'm afraid of the Niners. Oh yeah. A little bit afraid of the Bucks. There's just this new energy, I love it. Yeah. It's fun. Football is like you age and then you become young again. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I root for the Packers to do that. I was telling Andrew, you know, like I started thinking about Aaron Rodgers late period, middle and late periods back in 2014. It's like, is he moving into his late period? I was also studying death and music, death and music, late periods and music. But it was really, you know, you started to see it. You started to see him grow and evolve as a player, getting older into his 30s. How far was it going to go? And it's been like kind of living with this, living with this trajectory of Aaron Rodgers, living with the same team, the same personality for a long time. And I don't feel that. I don't have to worry about like, oh, how long is Jordan Love going to play? There's nothing. Is like this his that. last year? Yeah. Is, is this the last shot for this team? What, is the window this, closing? Is the window closing? Is it time to go all in? No. No, it's not. not time to go all in. <laughs> it is time to build an empire. <laughs> yeah, dude. We haven't even built the window yet. Yeah. We haven't designed the house. We don't know the dimensions of the window. So what is your favorite part about this team? And how are they going to help us beat the Cowboys? Mountain, you first. Yeah, for me, it's the growth. It's that that's just what this team does. Remember Josh Myers? Yeah. Remember John Runyon? Yes. Get John Runyon off my line. It's not like that. It's really not like that. This offensive line is doing just fine. We'll see what remember? Micah Parsons has to say about that, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a whole different story. But remember Tucker Craft at the beginning of the year? Oh yeah, dude. Didn't know his... That guy sucked. I was like, we whiffed on that dude. Yeah, third round Tucker Craft breaking the curse right now. Yes, dude. Going back and watching uh, those rookies run around against the Bears week one versus this last week, Dontavian Wicks totally different. Dontavian Wicks, are you kidding me? Remember Jordan Love's accuracy issues? Yeah, from like. 
10 minutes ago in the podcast. <laughs> the lean years are over. We were the first ones to call it. Now everybody's been like, the Packers have suffered through maybe five weeks of quarterback uncertainty. Yeah. And we were there at the very end of the five weeks. We were like, great. We did it. Um, Time to move on to the, the next. But my favorite part of this team, and we've talked about them, is the wide receivers. Yeah. Oh, my God. It feels so good to have James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, and Donald Driver again. But they're all – there is no old one. They're all that young. And and we have Malik Heath and Bo Melton. Just yep. fifth and sixth guys. Fucking Ruvel Martin could never. You can't, Jeff Janis could never. You can't not cover anyone. I mean, except moments, Bo Melton. At all moments of the game. It's actually in his contract that Bo Melton's not allowed to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's the genius of Brian Gutekind. paid less. <laughs> because he doesn't get covered. He's like, all right, I'll play for you, Packers. But <laughs> I'm not allowed to be covered by the opponent. <laughs> We've been telling teams this before every game. They don't know what to do. They've never heard of that. So they just back off. Kevin O'Connell was like, fuck, I should think of doing that with Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and he goes to, to the Wilfs after the game and was like, I've got an idea, guys. And they're like, that's not legal. That can't. We can't do that. And he's like, why did what? I not cover Bo Melton? <laughs> Fooled the Bears with it, too. Got no, but I love, I love, I was like shocked when an interaction on Twitter, somebody said that Romeo Dobbs was the fourth best receiver. And I was like, that's not true. That's not true. But yeah, yeah, you can make a case, man. You can make yeah. a case that any of them are the fourth best. Yeah. Like, I guess, except probably for Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed's probably the one where you're like, He's at least second best. <laughs> yeah. But. Or third. It, it's very easy. But like, because everyone has a case, you could kind of, you could put him forth. I'm not, and you shouldn't put him forth. Yeah. But I mean, geez, right? Romeo Dobbs. Is he the fourth best receiver? Right now I have him above Dontavion Wicks. I think Jaden Reed has surpassed him. I also think he's passed Christian Watson back up. Christian Watson. Christian, yeah, Christian Watson needs to prove himself. Injuries are a part of his evaluation at this point, right. unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just so much fun. They're just so springy and pliable. They just do whatever, and then you just you, – what, you, what are you going to see from them? Who knows? Yep. Yep. Um, and to think that we, like, had – people wanting to keep Marquez Valdez scaling. <laughs> like that's not a guy, dude. That's a yeah. fucking He does he has half a skill. That's a over or under throw waiting to happen. Yeah, he's he's he runs fast and then what? <laughs> okay, great. You ran far away. <laughs> keep going. Right. Um that and that was like our dude, like we were, went into last year, like Aaron Rodgers is doing this without Marquez Valdez. <laughs> yeah, he 
people said that because it was like, and then we lost Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. And it was like, they don't even have Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. It's like, oh my God. And it just makes very clear that like, we should have cut those guys last year. Yeah. Including the quarterback. Um, but I love these receivers. They're so fun. They're so versatile. They're all different. They're distinct. Right? Yeah. That, and I remember in Matt LaFleur's, one of his first press conferences talking about how you wanted your wide receivers to be like a basketball team. where They all do different things on the court together. They all have different rules, different size and speed combinations that make them effective in different areas. That's what our wide receivers yeah. seem to be. I feel like you have the two older brothers and the two younger brothers. Yeah. Because Jaden and Dontavian are just a little bit. Well, how tall is Dontavian Wicks? He seems big. I think he's. Why does he seem small? Why does he seem kind of short? And that's Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's the smallie. Dontavian Wicks, I think, is 6'3 or 6'4. Let's click on him. He's 6'1, of course. 6'1. But he plays big. I feel like anyway, he seems small. He seems just quick and decisive to me. And then I think of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson as the bigger, um, big brothers. Yeah, man, it's fun, and I think they're going to help us beat the Cowboys because I think you, you know you don't know which three are going to pop off this weekend, right? And everybody's been healthy, and you're you're going to have to. I mean, what are you going to? Deactivate Malik Heath. Okay. You only got five guys then, but I still love every one of those five guys. I th- I hope like Romeo's okay. I hope they've all been a little hurt. They've all been hurt. They've all got chest injuries. <laughs> their hearts are exploding inside of their chest. They got that what dog in like... with our hearts. Yeah. They got that puppy dog in. And sometimes the puppy like tears up the fucking cows and you're like, Stop it. So I'm 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 also I'm really interested to see how LaFleur's offense against Dan Quinn's defense and Mike McCarthy's offense against Joe Barry's defense. Those chess masses I'm really looking forward to. Cause like whoa, we're these styles are clashing from oblique angles. They're they're like LaFleur and McCarthy or I guess LeFleur and Quinn don't line up. McCarthy and Joe Barry don't line up, but we'll see. They're not they're not from similar coaching trees. They're just kind of like all <laughs> all smart <laughs> football people except for one. <laughs> except for the the fucking goofy looking dragon head. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, what are you? Uh, what part of this team do you love the most, and how's that going to help us beat the Cowboys? It's just the youth and the mystery, and the not knowing what these guys could be, the infinite potential. Any one of them could jump out and be a superstar at any given moment. You don't know what you're going to see from anybody but you know it could be great from anywhere. It's a lot of fun. Except from defense. You know it won't be great on defense. I don't know it won't be great. What if Jair has, like, 
an amazing game. That would be, I would welcome a Jair legacy game. Yeah. It'd be nice if someone on our defense, other than our, our front five, uh, did something. I just want to see <laughs> CD lamb get two catches for nine yards. And then Jair after like, Oh yeah. I locked him up. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't nothing, you know, like I was, I was with him the whole time. I don't, I don't see why people think he's so great. <laughs> 88 is pretty good, but 23 is a little better. <laughs> I mean, um, it could be fantastic. Who knows? I mean, there's there's every reason for Jair to show the fuck up, dude. You know what? Let's let's give a shout out to Carrington Valentine. Yeah, that dude was a seventh round pick mm-hmm. whom we all saw in the first preseason game and we're like, that guy! <laughs> and, like, now he's our starting cornerback. And is, like, reliable and, like, definitely too aggressive, but in a way that we need. Yep. Love it. Yep. Love that, dude. <laughs> Should be everybody. We gotta go do it. You know, Andrew, you might we might just have to delete your whole audio off of this podcast because it might just be too quiet. I can't I don't know how it's gonna come up in the recording, but I'm a little worried you're just at like a minuscule volume that won't be audible. So I'll let you know. But Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean I asked why you're quiet. I but uh so let's get a little bit louder and let's do Peter's uh, most favorite are segment. You guys, are you guys ready for the Dak Prescott? Yeah, here we go. No. You guys ready for that? I hate that. You hate it? Yeah, I just, well, because I don't like Dak Prescott's voice uh-huh. coming out of his person. And I'm like, it. I, I, m- most quarterback cadences you don't think about the person saying what's being said. I guess Omaha, it's like, that's uh-huh. why it's put on the same wavelength as Omaha's, because you're like, that's fucking Peyton Manning saying a, a state, a city within, an, it's not, it's, Omaha's not the capital, right? Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, he's just talking. That's what I don't like about it. Is it's just that's just Dak Prescott talking really loud during a game. I'm like, can't concentrate. To be fair, I like the idea of it. Like when I heard it, yeah, here we go. Like I was like, that's got to be a McCarthy thing. McCarthy's got his little ways of being creative, and it's such a simple thing because, like, what the fuck is the point of getting up there and saying ready? Like it's it's a very simply updated thing that also like communicates what is trying to be communicated. Right? I don't know. There there's this there's this kind of bold McCarthy thing to it. But it took a while to actually to actually get there. It, what do you mean? Like there was a, there was a like they didn't start off with yeah, here we go. Like Mike McCarthy was thinking about other ideas. Oh. Yeah. Like he started with the idea of like what can we do differently? You know, uh-huh. like Mike, Mark, Mike McCarthy is being creative. And so there was actually like leaked recordings. And the oh. first one, 
The first one, he's like, all right, take one. Uh, we're going to come up with a different cadence. Okay. Um, um, well, that's a good one. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, let's try Let's try another. It, you know, like, he's not that creative. Right. He's right. Not that, so the second one was... <laughs> you Dak Prescott going to the line. Oh, <laughs> why not? Why not at this point? No, the the no the real thing that they they needed to go with. They abandoned this in training camp, but they actually planned deception. They wanted to make uh, the defense confused and think that they were actually sitting in the audience. So the the next Dak Prescott thing was ah, get your beer here, get your beer here. <laughs> that that was uh yeah they had a number of those the other one that they did was okay look over there (laughs) (laughs) where what what he point who knows maybe he point something like that only works like one or two times Right, three times if you have a really dumb defense. So we might see that one pulled out a few times. I'm not really going to like it. (laughs) Again, with the deception. 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 Um, And they they actually, I you know, I got in contact through my McCarthy connections. Got in contact with the Cowboys, and I tried to suggest to them, Dad, why'd you leave, Dad? That's a thinker. That really gets everyone thinking about their relationship with their dad. Yeah. Which really throws the defense off. (laughs) They started to get on the the train of like, okay, how do we get everyone together and ready to go? Uh, I like their first ones that they came up with for that were like way more aggressive. I think like this is when Mike McCarthy had been – like up for a while, and he was like, "Okay, let's fuck." <laughs> like, which was terrifying for a defense, but also like an inside joke for the offense. <laughs> I'm super horny, super horny. <laughs> oh boy. Segment is barely. Um, and so to counter this, the Packers <laughs> are going to have Jordan Love make some new cadence changes as well. Um, and it, the one thing that is really off-putting about Dak Prescott's uh, trademark cadence is his his thick, fat, grovelly voice about it. He's like, ah, here we go. And so uh, they want to have Jordan Love be a little more pure, a little more uh, auditorily satisfying. It's just uh, so the Packers are actually going to go with a cadence this week of "Yo, get off me, get off me, hot." And then the defense hopefully just gets off of them or like thinks about it. It it'll it'll definitely soften their yeah you know yeah their brain tissue as they get prepared for the snap. <laughs> so 
Yes. Real quick, saw a fun stat today. Last 30 wow. years, NFL touchdowns. Who's got the most? Mm, the last touchdowns. 30 years. So since 19... Is that a... Like, which person? No, which team? 30 years passing touchdowns. Should be us, right? Or the Broncos. Number three is the Patriots with 821. Mm-hmm. Number okay. two is the Saints with 852. That's actually wild. That's That makes no sense. Number one, the Packers with 975. Whoa. We are damn near 150 touchdowns thrown through the air against the next closest team. How the fuck did the Saints get there? Drew Brees did throw a lot of touchdowns. Drew Brees threw a lot of touchdowns. Throw that many touchdowns. Well, and also he was there for like ten of the last thirty years. He really packed them on. You sure it wasn't twenty? No, it had to be thirty. Yeah, it was thirty. Yeah. Dude, the Packers are so tight; they get so many touchdowns. <laughs> they do. That's awesome. We've watched more passing touchdowns than anybody. <laughs> By a lot. By a lot. Mm, I wonder what, like, what's the number of home runs? Yeah, what team has the most home runs? Yeah. Is the disparity as great? Hi. Uh, so... In the end, I guess we kind of feel sorry for Dallas, right? We kind of want them to win this game. <laughs> I mean, so the way that I feel, it's like I feel like we can keep winning, but if we don't, I understand. Yeah. And if there's a team to lose to, I want to give something back to Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Maybe he lost to Aaron Rodgers so that he could beat us in the playoffs. I don't know. Some sort of karmic. You want to see, like, the karma work out right. I No, I want Mike McCarthy to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And if he... The thing is, people said if he wins the Super Bowl in Dallas, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. If he loses a Super Bowl in Dallas, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Do feel like he's got to get there, though. He might have to get there. Might have to. But I don't know. Depending on how long he keeps at it, because if they get to the conference championship and they lose to San Francisco again, it's like, are you really going to fire a guy? Got to the conference championship. Mike McCarthy's six, 60 years old. He's still got another decade. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, what are your... Guys, this game 
we're going to have to cover CD Lamb. Yeah. We're going to have to stop Tony I'm Pollard. Tired. We're going to have to stop Dak Prescott. We're going to have to keep Micah Parsons from wrecking the game. We're going to have to avoid throwing a pick six to Deron Bland. We're going to have to not let Stephon Gilmore ruin our lives. Oh, this Cowboys team. What do you think the score is going to be? What do you predict? Do you pr- like score prediction? Score prediction. I think I'm seeing 30 to 23 Packers. <clears throat> no, 30 to uh 30 to 20. 33 to 20. 29 to 20. Packers over the Cowboys. That's my final. Boom. 29 20. Andrew. 32 to 27. Packers. I think Jair changes his name to Jair Chutney because he goes so well on Lamb. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Andrew, I think that's the first time you predicted the Packers to win on the podcast (laughs) this season. Um, So they're fucked, in other words. No, actually, because I don't think you were wrong all those other times. Um, man, I think I, I don't know. It's so pointless to do a score prediction. I could see us winning this game. I could see us losing this game. I think I will say this. If we win, it's going to be close. And if we lose, I think it could be a blowout. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could also lose close, but like, no, I doubt we blow them out. True. I get you. But I'm leaning like Packers close win or Dallas blowout. Maybe Dallas close win. Definitely, probably not Packer blowout. We could Uh, totally blow them out. We could. I don't see. That's the thing is, I don't know how good we are. No, we're not going to blow them up. I don't think anyone knows how good we are. I don't think Dallas knows how good we are. Yeah, that's why I think we could blow them out. Like they just get totally caught off guard early turnovers. Do you think it's possible that Mike McCarthy gets caught off guard going against the Green Bay Packers? Do you think yes. it's possible that for a second he doesn't have respect for this organization? I think respect. But I think he's just out of touch with what the Packers are. This out of touch McCarthy shtick has got to end. He's fucking one of the top coaches in the game. With the Packers. Exactly. Yeah. He know he knows the Packers better than any other coach. Dude. I don't think so. That's he thinks he does. He knows the old Packers. Exactly. Oh. Dude. Out of touch. All right, I'm going home. All right. I guess I'll say Packers win because I want to say that the Packers win. 
and uh, thirty-eight twenty-six. <laughs> but it's closer than that. But it's closer than that. It's like thirty-one to twenty-six, and then like Jair pick six, right? Makes it thirty-eight twenty-six. Does Jair have a pick six? No. Ever? Yeah. No. The boy can't do shit when he gets the ball. He like he looks like he should be a prototype returner because he's small and fast and skinny, twitched up individual. Yes, but he's not. He's just a little crazy. Bye, Andrew. Bye, Peter. Well, this podcast was entirely too long, so <laughs> I will see you guys Sunday. Go pack, go. Go pack, go.